Today is October 4th, 2020. This is episode 43 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. So today I'd like to talk about something that is affecting me and has been affecting my family since uh, just before the pandemic started. Um, And that's the concept of giving birth during a pandemic and specifically not giving birth during kind of the the epidemic phase of the pandemic when it's early on and everything is emergency shut down completely. Um, obviously at that point, people still needed to go to the hospital, but it was like, there were so many unknowns. There were outbreaks in hospitals. Uh, it was, I mean, who knows if that's going to happen again, but right now we're kind of in what's considered a steady phase of the pandemic, but we're like steady high. So, um, there are, there is an increase in cases going on right now. And it's not like there's zero risk in doing things like going to hospitals to deliver a baby. Um, but so far, hospitals seem to have been uh, seem to have avoided a massive spike or an outbreak or anything like that. Um, and my wife is very pregnant, and so hopefully it's going to be okay. But um, who really knows what's going to happen? Like due date right now, as of right now, is October twenty second. Um, but they've told us pro- it's likely going to be around a week early, and I, I just don't want to. Um, first of all, I don't want to make any solid, solid plans because things seem to change on a day to day or minute to minute basis. Um, but there is a good chance that something is going to be different. Um, by the like by the time we actually give birth, by the time my wife actually gives birth, um, the protocols are likely to be different. But I want to spend a little time just talking about how we got here in terms of um, getting pregnant, being pregnant, and a, a pandemic going on. So we'll start. When we found out um, that my wife was pregnant in February, we were really at the point that there was a slight worry that things could get worse, that like um, the pandemic had, I think, started to seed in other co- countries outside of China. And we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Um, we'd had issues in 2003. We had um, cases of SARS come to Toronto and Vancouver, and but that was kind of it. We, we were really worried about it, but then it ended up being like squashed out within the first, I think, 8,000 cases or something. And so we were hoping, like really hoping that this was going to be centered in China and that we weren't going to really have any or any major outbreaks here, but we were worried about it. Um, By March, we went to the first ultrasound, so the eight-week ultrasound, and things were starting to pick up in Ontario, but we were still like, okay, so hopefully things are still going to be okay, Um, but they seem pretty bad and and might just not be. so that was, yeah, that was March. And I think that was like the Tuesday before everything shut down in mid-March. So um, yeah, things went from, we're pr- we should be pretty worried about this, what's going to happen with um, with a pregnancy, what's going to happen with, you know, medical appointments that you otherwise would need to have. Um, when, like, we went from that to, okay, everything is shut down and you're going to be having phone appointments for a little while now. And we're not really sure how long. And so in the end, there was a while where we did just video appointments because there's a while in pregnancy where they like once they get the heartbeat, once all that happens, you don't really see like you don't see an OB for a while and you don't really have um, like you can go for like a video up like a video um, call would be fine, but like you wouldn't go to a doctor or something for it if everything was okay. Um, I think until 12 weeks, I think 12 weeks, there's a 
I feel like there's a, an anatomy, not an anatomy scan, but like a, they check the, like they measure everything. And then at 20 weeks, there's the, is the specifically they call the anatomy scan where they check the baby's sex and, and they can tell you if you want. Um, so all these appointments and I think my wife had even more, would have had even more appointments than that. Just, um, just because that's how things go. But, um, there was a while there where there was kind of a lull or she had had video call, um, or even I think phone call appointments, but in terms of in-person appointments, including ultrasounds, including, um, you know, any kind of medical discussions about this baby, um, I have not been allowed to go. So normally there would be multiple occasions for me to either hear the heartbeat in a doctor's office or um, see, like, go and see the ultrasound. Um, just hasn't. Like the closest I've been was at the anatomy scan. We drove there together for the appointment and I waited by the car while she went in for the appointment. And then she came out and told me what had happened. And like, this is our second child. And I can tell you from having done both that this is a very different experience. And I don't think it means that I'm going to like, I'm not going to come out of this loving this baby that comes out less, but it definitely means that I'm not as connected to this pregnancy as I was the last one. And it's it's kind of weird like it it might also be part in part due to the whole phenomenon of like we've already been here before but it definitely feels very different and, and it feels related to the fact that i haven't actually like i've seen the, the pictures the ultrasound pictures that come back but that's it i haven't actually seen the movement i it's been like it's been just a matter of feeling her belly and um we do have a portable ultrasound machine or not ultrasound we have a portable doppler scanner and so we've been able to i've been able to hear the heartbeat a lot um which has been nice but it's not really the same um because that the heartbeat doesn't really tell you anything except that like things are normal um so we'll move forward now to over the summer like the july august september there was a period where we were hoping slash thinking that there was a good chance that we could have a relatively safe normal birth and i'm not saying that i feel unsafe now because like i said there haven't been really outbreaks in hospitals or anything like that right now that could change um but like <laughs> it seemed like things could be okay we had like really low numbers of cases i was starting to get comfortable with you know we can like be outside and see our friends or like we can have we can since we're only seeing julia's parents and we have a cut we have a couple of friends that also just had a kid um maybe we can go and see them and like if we had to we could go inside with so like instead of just Julia and I and our daughter can have like one other family of two people and they've not been doing anything or seeing anybody and we've not been doing anything or seeing anybody and we both kind of felt mutually comfortable with that and so like we had get-togethers like that but now we're at the point um, with case numbers literally spiking confirmed case numbers spiking to the highest they've ever been it's like nope we're um people are relaxing people are not taking things as seriously as they need to be right now and they're they've reopened schools so it's like uh no any chance we had for kind of a normal fall or a more normal birth experience uh are just out the window now and we've we haven't done anything so um it feels it feels hard to it feels hard to worry about that like it feels selfish but um like it's it's a profoundly unfair situation where it all it takes is a few people to kind of ruin it for everybody and that's that's basically where we're at the, the vast majority of people are are doing what they're supposed to be doing but um there are some people that just are being selfish that's like i 
because there are also people in our city, in the province, in the world who need like the, there is a literal requirement that they do things outside the house with other people like in terms of keeping the economy open and not having this giant financial crash we need to be able to as a society do certain things um but the people who are being irresponsible are not the ones doing those specific very important things um they're not doing things that are even remotely important they're they're prioritizing virtual get-togethers or the deprioritizing virtual get-togethers and saying no we can just meet in person we can have parties we can just treat things like it's normal and like the outcome of that has been repeated over and over and over again there's no like that's not a thing that can be safe and you're basically buying a lottery ticket to um, an event that has way better odds than the lottery by doing that and um, so that's where we're at um, so as of this week Julia is now doing appointments or like Julia is now doing appointments every week and as of this week we were told that um, counter to what we had heard before from the hospital is that um, so we've been we've been going through, through all the planning and talking about like you know um, breathing techniques and and all kinds of things to get through early labor like when we get to the hospital we're going to like try and find a wheelchair and you know kind of move Julia through the hospital to the like the maternity ward I guess um, as safely as possible as quickly as possible so we don't have to worry about any risks of getting infected or being close to anybody even during that time and we've been told that um, now the protocols have changed again because of increasing case numbers and so they are basically saying i can't go into the hospital until they admit her and that means that once she's in labor when we go to the hospital that part is going to be normal but once we get there she has to go into the hospital alone in labor and i have to wait in the car and I can like drop her off at the door, but then, and then go to the parking lot. But like, I literally have to wait there and like have all of our stuff. Because the other thing is, um, once they do admit her, I'm allowed to come in and all that stuff. And, and like, all this stuff is going to take time. Um, it's, I'll get into it in a little bit, but um, not only are these protocols in place of waiting and all that, but once I go in, like once she goes in, empty-handed she goes in with like her health card that's basically it i go in with we have to bring the car seat the first when we first go in we have to basically pack a suitcase for potentially up to two or three days if we're going to be there for a while and we need to bring any food or snacks that we want that we are not going to need to buy from the cafeteria so basically um when you go the 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 person giving births because they're a patient the person giving births meals are paid for by insurance and so they're completely covered no worries but under normal circumstances i would be free to go like there's a tim hortons in this in the building i would be free to go and get breakfast or lunch or whatever um i we could order in like pizza if we wanted to we could it, like it's basically you can eat whatever you want you can do whatever you want um, if you need to go you go if you need to come back you come back all that stuff um, the only really important part is that she stays in the hospital and the baby stays in the hospital. But now um, I'm literally right now, I'm literally not allowed to leave once I get there. So we have to bring everything we could possibly need when we first show up. And the only way we could we could have anything for like for the ride home, for example, the only way we could have anything outside of what we bring is if somebody comes and meets us when we're going to leave and meets us outside the hospital with that stuff. And then we can like put it together at the time. So we have to have everything super ready um, for any possible situation, including like 
I mean, I suspect things would change if it didn't turn out we had to spend like a week in the hospital. But like it's this has effectively ruined the ability for people to give birth in a humane way, Um, like out of safety. I'm not saying that these that these precautions are wrong. I'm saying that I wish they weren't necessary because I wish people would take this thing seriously. Um, There's more at stake here than just your social life. Um, It's it's very frustrating. Um, So in addition to all that. The first time that we were, um, the first time that Julia gave birth, we went to the hospital. It was basically the chart, the cost of the hotel room, uh, hotel room, the cost of the hospital room was basically all we paid for. Um, but now we're going to at least have to pay for parking for the nights that we're there, which is $13. And any meals that I want to have that we're not bringing in advance, like in a cooler or something, um, we have snacks and stuff, but any actual meals that I want to eat have to be from the hospital and it's $15 per meal. Um, that's the part that, that for her is covered, but for me is not. Um, that feels like I want to submit it to insurance because they're literally forcing us. That's the only option is to, to spend this $15 on a meal. Um, so it's going to be an expensive, like that stuff is going to add up unless we literally show up in the evening one day. And then like the next day, like noon or afternoon or something is when we leave. Um, I actually think that's, I feel like that's too fast, but it feels like that's that's the thing to hope for, which is kind of weird, but, um, but here's where we are. And yeah, basically this is going to be a mess. This is not at all what we were expecting to be getting into this fall, um, trying to give birth. And it, it feels like for so many reasons, but especially in, ta- in the context of today, this reason, if we'd all just listened better and we're listening better and did what we were told, like we did in, you know, Cases were bad. Things were bad in April, May, June because we were having outbreaks that we couldn't really control. But now we're in the fall. We can control these outbreaks. And we like the individual people are choosing not to. They're choosing to engage in behaviors that can get the that can catch them the virus. And that's what's happening. Um, so I really wish that we were in a better position now, but but this is the reality of the situation. And so we have to make the best of it. And yeah, that's that's it. So here's where we are. Uh, it's rather unfortunate, but uh, there's not really much we can do about it at this point. And um, yeah, so kind of frustrating. Anyways, I'm going to leave it there for now. I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.